We're fake family. Yay! <laughs> you're my you're my internet family. Your internet family, exactly, yeah. exactly. We all have one now. Some of them are as bad as our uh, actual family. blood family. So there you go. I think we've lucked out with this group. I'm really glad we could finally do this again. It's been too long since we've had the whole crew together. Yes, yeah, been a long time. It has indeed. And of course, what brings us together would be this. <laughs> I have a bit of curls. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to it then. Season three, banana. Season three, banana. Someone admits it's season three, banana. Jeff and Scott and Mrs. C. With Blanche and John, the crew, a new movie. It's so much fun that you'll have to pee. It's gonna cure your apathy. And I'm we. It's the Slumgullions. We're still booking ghosts on the Slumgullions. You're not getting ghosts on the Slumgullions. You'll probably fade on the Hello and welcome again to another edition of the Slumgullion America's Only Podcast. We've got a special fun one for you today. We're crossing several different time zones. I am Jeff. Three hours behind me is Scott and Mrs. C. And in a tremendous news, Slumgullion fans, the new movie crew is back. Not only do we have Mrs. C, but I don't know how far away you are timeline from me or Scott. Blanche and John are back. We have the whole new movie crew. Yay! Hello, everyone. Six hours from you. Six hours from me. Okay. Are you ahead of me or behind me? Behind. Scott's three, and then we're three more. Oh, 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 okay. I got you. Well, good morning, guys. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, new movie crew. Good evening, world. This has been a long time coming. It's a good thing that uh, Hawaii produces such delicious coffee, because I would really not want to talk about this (laughs) at 10.30 in the morning. I want to congratulate everybody for taking four hours out of their life. (laughs) (laughs) To be able to produce this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Now, in case you by the way, by the way, uh, just a a note in case anybody is listening to this right now and they're a little confused. It's a stylistic choice. We're deliberately broadcasting the podcast in black and white. And in case you haven't figured it out yet, yes, we have got the new movie crew together. It is an epic reunion for an epic movie. We are discussing Zack Snyder's Justice League. Not exactly. <laughs> that is not my joke. I've heard I've heard them call the Whedon Cut the Justice League on like a couple people have done. I thought that was actually kind of funny. It's uh, it's appropriate, I guess. It's uh, kind of appropriate, and and not only is this particular um, podcast in black and white, but it's going to be seven hours long. So go <laughs> go go potty now, just to do justice to the Justice League. Exactly. <laughs> yes, go potty now because, like Amazon, we're not giving breaks. <laughs> Get your your bags and bottles ready. Yeah, you got. So before we get into the nitty gritty, I would just like to go around the table and just get our general non-spoilery thoughts. Let's try to be like a real podcast this time. Mm. Like in a sentence or two, just kind of give your general non-spoilery thoughts about what you thought of this four and a half hour quote unquote epic. I will begin with my co-host, Scott. Okay. You know what? I don't, I haven't really boiled it down to a tasty soundbite, but, uh, I'm going to actually quote you and what you texted to me after you saw it, because you managed to get through it a couple of days before I did. Okay. Well, 
That was that was a thing. <laughs> and I can't argue with it. It was. It did exist. It's out there. There's nothing we can do about it except come to terms with it. And that's why I'm here. This is my group therapy. <laughs> and and Mrs. C, why don't you tell us where the Wonder Woman doll touched you? Uh, my heart. <laughs> <laughs> what? Did, okay. Oh, like basically, what did you think of the film? You know, it it was Zack Snyder for sure. <laughs> it had his uh, fingerprints all over it, and it's a very different film from Joss's. Yes, it's very different. But you could watch both of them and go. I watched two different movies. Which is what we did and what we're saying. <laughs> Actually, we, I feel like, given the amount of time invested in this, we've watched like 10 different movies. There were yeah. moments when it felt like it, yes. Okay, um, jumping back even further back in time. Blanche, your general thought. I loved it. I thought it was the okay. best DC movie so far. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. That's not true at all. Oh, all right, all right. Hey, honestly, with this film, I wouldn't be surprised. The reactions to this have been so, I think, kind of interesting. But, okay, then, legitimately, overall thoughts. Yeah, it was, um... I uh, gave us an excuse to get pizza and wings and drink margaritas while we were watching something. I'm grateful that it was streaming and not stuck in a movie theater for four hours. For four hours. Can you imagine? We'll get to that in a second. Because that is one thing I do want to talk about. Me but too. before we get to that, John? Well, it's no Batman versus Superman. <laughs> that, that is a masterpiece of ambiguity. That could be good or bad. There's no oh, way to tell. John, you won the podcast. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Treat, I don't treat think it we're going to get line better than that one right there. Good night, folks. Give it, give it a good home. Pick up after it. It'll be your friend. <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. You know, okay, well, you, you brought up something that I would like to get to real quick. Because this is a unique situation in the history of film. It's rare you see a movie released basically through pure extortion and threats. But thanks to a combination of impassioned advocacy and entitled whining... Fans did succeed in browbeating Warner Media into completing Zack Snyder's original version of Justice League and delivered the movie we should have gotten two years ago. Except it's not the original version right. because he's added shit since then. Right. Exactly. My, right. My question is, did we dodge a bullet back in 2017 or is this the cut we deserved? Did the fans strike a much needed blow in this era of corporate pop culture for a singular artistic vision, or did they just keep picking at it like a scab, and now it's oozing blood and pus, and we're rooting through the junk drawer for a loose Band-Aid? Well, I've, I've, I've discovered that it really depends on the fans, because so many of the things that I thought were charming in Joss Whedon's, they thought were cringeworthy jokes. Oh, yeah. It's a very different viewpoint. The fans that like Snyder stuff, are not crazy about the humanity of superheroes. They just want them to be super and stoic and whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so they don't like all the little jokes that were put in, which I thought was what made them real and human, etc. But that's what I'm finding. Well, that's the basic philosophical difference between DC and Marvel, and it always was. DC treated these characters as like, okay, imagine you're, you know, a primitive tribesman and you're gathered around the fire after the hunt. And they're telling you the story of, you know, how the world was created or, you know, why we have mustaches or whatever. <laughs> and this is DC's thing. Rather than Homer telling you about the gods in Olympus, we have Zack Snyder telling you about the gods in Burbank. 
And that's fine. Marvel, on the other hand, deliberately counter-programmed that in the 60s and said, no, no, no. Superheroes are just like you and me. They only have more problems than you. Powers are a curse. They screw with your lives. They make any sort of normal love life or any kind of healthy relationship impossible. But still, you got to You got to go out and fight crime. That's the rule. And it, it's weird that looking back on a Justice League, as I, I guess we have to call it now, felt less like a continuation of the characters from Batman v Superman and earlier and more like the DC heroes went to Comic-Con and decided to cosplay the Avengers, but they were too cheap to actually change their clothes. The tone was so different. Oh, yeah. You could, you could tell that whole Zack Snyder deification of superheroes to the music where they're singing, our gods were supposed to outlive us. Oh, okay. Okay, real fast. I got to throw this in right now. Oh, my God. I hated the music choices in this movie. Me too. Yeah, exactly. The music in this, every single music cue, both the score and the songs, I hated with a passion. It irritated me, especially the damn musical number for Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> it was that, the, the it, musical I, number for it, The musical number for Aquaman really, in my opinion, was a missed opportunity. It should have had the, the flavor of a um, of an Esther Williams Aquacade number. <laughs> exactly. See, all, oh, all I so kept right. thinking is, you're right, but all I kept thinking is, where are the where are the little twins from the Mothra movies? You know, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to hear Aquaman, Aquaman. I mean, that would that's what that song meant was to me. I was laughing during that entire sequence. I was thinking, are we in the Hobbit now? Are we doing all these little songs? Even the music choices, like the song choice during Barry Allen's slightly creepy scene with Iris, I was like, no. But at least at least he didn't use Hallelujah in the film. <laughs> yeah. Oh my Which gosh. One? When his kid was playing at the end, I was like, are they really they're playing Hallelujah? It's the song is Hallelujah. Was it the Hallelujah chorus or Cohen's no, Hallelujah? Cohen's. Cohen's Hallelujah was in it? Yeah. No, at the end. It starts off as instrumental, just a, a piano, and then into the credits, then the vocal comes in. Okay. I turned it off as soon as that damn future scene with as soon as that joker sequence are like i'm done oh really so yeah. i didn't even i didn't watch the credits after the martian manhunter nightmare fan wank sequence i was just like nope i'm done that that <laughs> all goodwill i had so i did not even know that was there wow zach that and black and white you really are a pretentious ass oh yeah. and yes now you brought up what he called john jones um this beautiful scene between Martha Kent and Lois Lane. Yes. Very, yeah, very emotional, very beautiful. Oh, no, it was just a manipulation by John Jones, by the Martian Manhunter. He was just manipulating Lois. You know, what? Yeah, it's ruined. Yeah. Yeah, and Mary and I, when later in the film, Martha drives up to the farm and sees Clark standing there alive. Mary started laughing. I go, what, what is it? She goes, I'm just waiting for Lois to say, oh, Martha, thank you for coming and giving me that pep talk at my apartment. It really made a difference in my life. And I don't even, I don't think I could have gotten out of bed if it hadn't been for you. Martha goes, did, did, he, did he drop you on the way over here? Did, did you hit your head? Or? Okay, yeah. that would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. But all right, all right, so quick question. I am going to give this out to everybody. I know the answer, but I'm going to throw it anyway. <laughs> Slow-mo, too much or not enough? <laughs> oh, thank oh, God for the slow-mo, because the Barry Allen scene, if he was doing any of that at his speed, he would have broken every bone in her body. <laughs> <laughs> True. <Yeah. laughs> 
Well, didn't they say like 10% of the movie is slow motion? Is that Someone, what is that? Is yeah, that the official count now? Okay. Well, I don't, I, I'm, yeah. At I least. Saw, uh, or did it just feel that, that it was, No, it was like someone checked it out, timed it out, and, and decided. I think it was something like 10 or 12%. It was in that range. Yeah. That's insane. It's insane, especially when you're considering it's a four-hour movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't need that much slow-mo in a four-hour movie. Yeah. It could have been a three-and-a-half-hour movie. Yeah, it, if you got a four-hour movie, sure, you can give us all this background stuff, like the fact that they're Googling all these different places from, from Bruce's cave and finding all these people, as opposed to us just thinking, well, he's got all that equipment, of course he found them. You know? Yeah. No, mm-hmm. we get to actually see it. We get to see the search, we get to see the people and the little things. Because that's, you know, it's a four-hour movie, you can do that stuff. Sure, you can. You, I, I know every time I've gone to see a superhero movie, I've walked out. Sometimes I've been satisfied. Sometimes I've been really pumped. Sometimes I've been a little disappointed. But every single time, regardless, I come out going, why didn't they show me Batman's browser history? Exactly. <laughs> you gave us bat nips. Give us bat browser. Exactly. <laughs> now, here's the thing that, that really shocked me about the film. I don't know about you guys, but um, the thing that got me was unlike Almost every other Zack Snyder film, unfortunately, there were some things in this that I genuinely liked. I really liked um, the fact that Ray Fisher Cyborg has something to do in this movie. And he's not as whiny as in the other movie. He, I, he, actually, he actually had a reason to be in this film, which I thought that was really cool. That scene mm-hmm. that you mentioned with um, Lois and Martha before it got ruined by the Martian Manhunter, I was like, that's a beautiful scene. Right. I actually didn't mind, I didn't mind the quote-unquote acting. <laughs> um, a couple of the action scenes that I that were that I thought were very good. I really, really like Wonder Woman's first scene. In the bank? Really, yeah, I really yeah. liked the way they did the bank in, in this version. I thought, I I like the mix of slow-mo and speed up. I was like, wow, um, Zach is expanding his repertoire here. <laughs> but we do get a, the signature Zack Snyder destruction of property. That, that makes sure that it was stuck in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we had to. So I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, okay, how much collateral damage is that for one guy? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But I do. I I am I, gonna I want to throw this out here, and this time I'm gonna start with Blanche. Was there anything in the film that you actually liked? Well, the aforementioned Lois and Martha scene again was lovely until it was ruined. <sighs> wow. Well, wow. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I know that there is. I know I had moments where I'm like, oh, that was nice. But honestly, I yeah, I guess I'm a negative Nelly because I, I for me, I can think of all sorts of nitpick critiques. Right. Again, this is going to be like a backhanded compliment. It made me wonder if when he chose to have the like the final battle be in this abandoned Russian town was because of, you know, all the criticism he got from like Man of Steel by destroying. Mm. And like he says, look, I want to have all the destruction of buildings I, I want to be able to have, but let's put it in an abandoned <laughs> town so I can do all the destruction. So I think that's a moment of him learning something. <laughs> and adjusting <laughs> and at least at least we didn't get that annoying russian family <laughs> oh, yeah well mary mary read something <laughs> about that that kind of what were you telling me mary about the somebody was comparing and contrasting they said here's the thing with joss he likes to have his heroes save regular people that's a thing he likes to do so like the waitress um, in uh the, in the captain, Mar- uh, captain, uh, captain america. america saves in in avengers 
the first. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he likes to have that, you know, regular people are in danger, and uh, let's save them. So he wanted to have regular people in it. And exactly. there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but then, of course, you have to make us care for the regular people. That's a little bit harder, because regular people suck. Apparently so. And you don't have to go to a movie theater to see them suck. You can just walk oh, outside. Come on. We cared for the little girl with the bug spray. Come on. One, <laughs> one good. Okay, there was one good gag in that segment. Yeah. All right, John. Anything in the film strike out besides again besides the the Martha Lois scene? What else struck you as like actually being good in the film? Well, there were actually a lot of several things in the film that I kind of like enjoyed watching. Well, let's put it this way. I did. I didn't think was, oh, that was another thing that was awful. Oh, that was another thing that was awful. And uh, one of them was the fact that uh, the cyborg, instead of being this whiny, whiny, oh, my life is terrible. Yeah, he's terrible. He actually, you know, did something and and had a lot of good things to do. Except that, again, it was his fault that things went wrong because at the last moment, like, uh, I'm having visions now. Uh, <laughs> I'm having I'm having visions of people I don't even know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like, instead of the things that were missing from this that I thought were good, like that awkward flash falling onto Wonder Woman thing, right. you know, 56 comedy thing. <laughs> but it got replaced by this awkward, we both touched the mouse moment with Batman and, and Wonder Woman. I'm oh, like, yeah. Seriously? Clearly? Really? I mean, I, I, yeah, no, I agree with that. We can get... I, he doesn't anymore, but he used to get a lot of praise for his female characters and his politics. But that... It's like only only Snyder would put in a no homo joke in in 2020. <laughs> exactly. So. Oh, man. All right, Mrs. C, anything um, positive? <laughs> well, you know, I like, I think, Scott, you liked it. Too. The, the look of Steppenwolf was improved, I think. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I like seeing Dark Side and Granny Goodness and the okay. Sod. I like I like that little addition. All the, all the fourth and world the characters, that, the new guys. Yeah. On that apocalypse. So. You like the Steppenwolf's flaky gold feeling? They, they, you know, his gold is peeling off. That kind of look. I just, spiky <laughs> I do like. That. I just figured he had loincloth. Somebody else compared it to like razors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Razor scales. Okay. All right. Well, at least it, it covered up more of his face. He like so he, he looked less like a PS4 character. Yeah, it, the face was better initially. I thought not. But then as the movie went on, I went, okay, yeah, his, his face is better. That's the thing I really didn't like because it was like very much like a, a CGI comic kind of face. And I went, nah, I'm not buying any of this. I'm not scared of this guy at all. Yeah. A- anything else, Mrs. C? I like that they kept in Aquaman's uh, little surfing adventure. <laughs> Sky surfing. <laughs> Sky surfing and how he shook his head. <laughs> I I honestly thought that was a Whedon bit. That did kind of surprise me that that was Snyder's. I really thought that was a Whedon bit. Me too. So if he can, like, kind of fly or at least coast, why did Cyborg have to catch him? I don't think he's supposed to be able to fly because he can't canonically. I know. But he can, he apparently can coast because right after that, he skydived, right? He can fall with style. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes. That is what Aquaman does. He falls with style. (laughs) All right. All right. Scott, positives? Positives. There were actually quite a few. I have a hard time thinking of this as a movie because it's not. People say, if you liked it, would you have liked it as much if you had to go to a theater and sit through four hours? Well, first of all, you never, ever would have to do that. The studio would never pay to make a four-hour movie because you cannot possibly recoup your investment with three showings a day versus eight. Basically... It was more of an assembly cut. It's a lot of footage that never would have made the final cut if this movie was going to theaters, if this was 2017. 
But I did like being able to see where all the little story threads connected. I did like to see stuff that was planted then later paid off rather than instantly becoming a loose end. I liked Ray Fisher's performance in the 2017 version, but I liked him so much more in this because he had something to do, as you say. He had a character arc. He goes from this isolated, non-communicative character to someone who says basically to the bad guy, I have friends. And... That was nice to see. I did like the fact that the use of the character's powers were fairly imaginative. And even though this is a controversial statement, I realize a lot of people hate, hate, hate him. I did kind of like Ezra Miller's Flash. I, I thought he was a little less goofy in this version. He wasn't played just for laughs, which made me appreciate the humor he brought more. He, he actually had a, a moment, especially when he's trying to talk himself into breaking the speed of light at the very end. Right. Because the, basically the planet is getting paved over. That was a nice little moment, and it was I felt like it was earned. A lot of the stuff that happened in the previous version just happened. It's just stuff that happened. It was just, okay, we're in the third act. That's why this is happening. Not because it proceeded sensically from anything else that had happened. It's just like, well, we got to end the movie. It's just that you said that because I thought the opposite, actually. Mm -hmm. Because I thought that entire scene, the iris scene, and the thing in the shop just showed him as bumbling and fun with the comic stuff and go, oh, I'm 17, I can't, I can't even speak, I can't get words out, but I can't, I, you know, whatever. And I went, really? I didn't really need to see that he was all bumbling. Yeah. I just felt that he, in the first movie, he was just insecure. And mm -hmm. that's fine. And I bought that. But this was like, not only insecure, but he's uh, falling over himself, tripping on his feet and whatever. So I just sort of had the opposite opinion of that. Okay. Yeah, that first scene I, I didn't care for. I don't know what the point was other than, yeah, you have him all tripping over himself, being really bumbly with the interview. And, his, and then he goes out and saves. He leaps out of his own shoes and saves someone. And then, I don't know flirts with her or something and I, that scene was so ridiculous to me and i guess it was supposed to establish that yes deep down he's he's really a hero or he already was a hero saving people and yeah i kind of agree with you john because in the previous one he was just insecure he was new to all of this at least it's a different guy because in the other one he was never a hero yet i guess and that he has that whole moment of of batman mentoring him saying hey you know just save one person and then see what happens. So that gives him a, a beginning and a middle and then at the end. And this one, it's like, nope, nope, he's already doing his thing. It's all good. It's a different guy. Mm. I did I did miss the just save one thing. I di I thought that was the one thing I remember from the from the justice cut going. All right, that that's a great moment. I I, I was kind of sad that that wasn't uh, that that was just a, a just piece because that was gone. I I did miss that too, but on the other hand, the the whole you guys all seem like you're ready to do battle and that's great, but I don't do battle. I just push people and run away. It's like we'd never seen him do that when that was said in the 2017 cut. And now we actually see him push someone to save them and push someone to kill them. So he has a very versatile push and it paid off. But <laughs> and, and and we had a hot dog moment. So, I mean, hey, yeah, for some... <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, that's the one thing I think is hysterical is, I mean, all the people who are, you know, now the hashtag is restore the Snyderverse because they want to see the rest of his story. And, oh, my God, did they read what he wanted to do? No, they don't want this. <laughs> it's like when you read, <laughs> like when you when you actually read George Lucas's ideas for the last trilogy. It's like, well, I didn't like what we got, but this would have been a hot fucking mess. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. I read what what he wanted to do, and I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Any goodwill that I might have given you for this movie is completely gone if I would have seen the next two movies. Fuck that noise. Fuck it completely. But that's the thing is, I don't think, I honestly don't think that the Restore the Snyderverse people realize that this isn't the film that they would have seen. No. I genuinely no. think, they right. think this is that's I, right. They think this is Snyder's. This is his original version of the film, and it's not. And, and what is no, it with Snyder it that even even the even the villains have daddy issues? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that scene in Being John Malkovich, where everyone is John Malkovich saying Malkovich, but uh-huh. but Tom Cruise from every movie he's been in, uh-huh. it's like dozens of daddy <laughs> issue characters just going, "Daddy, daddy, daddy." Hey, and you know, I got subused of an idea. I thought Cyborg's dad was the one that recreated him, and and we realized today in this film it was all about done by the box. The box just formed everything on him, so Dad just kind of watched, you know, kept him alive. The genius watcher. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I still say that I think they handled Cyborg much better in Doom Patrol. Mm. Mm. Overall, I mean, Cyborg was a more interesting character in Doom Patrol, but at least, at least in this version, they gave him something to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, because what would we have done without all of those projections showing us exactly what was already <laughs> being said? They had visual <laughs> visual aids. At one point in the movie, I think I turned to Mary, or maybe I just said this in my head. Okay, he, he's explaining his power of the internet and of all digital things, and you know, cash is power. Is he trying to explain NFTs to us? <laughs> is that what this is about because i'm not getting it oh and i said this to scott i'm gonna say this to everybody see if you guys agree with me or not um this film cements it even more ben affleck is the best batman who never got a good batman movie i agree with that yeah because i do i like what he does I, I i have not had a problem with ben affleck at all in any of the films and it's just that he's had shitty films and as i was watching this film all i could think of was god i wish we were getting ben affleck's batman movie that he was wrote and directed and he was going to direct that would have been really really good that saddens me more than the, than i think the fanboys that they'll never get the rest of the snyderverse we don't want the rest of the snyderverse did you hear what he was planning have you guys heard this no no i'm only going to th- throw one thing out at you guys um we were going to find out that bruce wayne fell in love with lois lane that was that that was that was going to happen do not Mm. want no exactly (laughs) folks if you're interested in this you you can you can do the google thing and you can find the interview with Zack snyder where he goes into all of the plot points the major plot points of what he wanted to do with justice league two and three and you too will say no so it's not just mother conflict, but girlfriend conflict too between the two of them. And even worse, you know, Superman tell Superman tells Batman, you know, protect Lois while I go fight Doomsday, and he does it, and that's why Superman goes bad, which creates the whole future that they were in, and it's more time travel and blah. It's, it's all just it's stupid shit. It's just stupid shit, and, and and you know, and in this there were no, you know, there, there's no, there's no MacGuffin for stones or anything. It's literally going back in time to save Lois. Uh, is this trip really necessary? Yeah, <laughs> I think Snyder is has looked at some of the, uh, you know, DC comics, you know, Kingdom Come and things like that, and been like, oh, I'll use this idea, <laughs> I'll use this idea, without it actually being good. Well, the Kingdom Come is a great comic. It really is. 
But it, Kingdom Come really is, is yeah, Kingdom Come is phenomenal. I do remember reading that one. But the it's second a cu- one, it's not a cumula- so much. No, I agree with that. But it's a cumulative effect, and and it, it depends on seeing recognizable but slightly different versions of all the heroes because it takes place on another Earth, and it's not something you can just cherry pick because none of the changes would make sense. So yeah. it's just conf- it's just confusing, and it's why I think as gifted as he is as a filmmaker, notice I did not say storyteller. Yes. Zack Snyder can whip up some masterful images, but he has the emotional maturity of a 12-year-old boy when it comes to these these living action figures he's playing with. He doesn't approach them as people and, and put him in this hyper-real world excuses him from having to. I actually thought when I was it was first announced that Zack Snyder was basically going to be shepherding the DCU. I was not excited because they're really I couldn't point to a single Zack Snyder film I really liked but I thought oh well you know certainly his sense of scale is up to a super heroic world he at least thinks big but then you get to it and it goes no he's not thinking at all beyond oh this would be cool oh you know it'd be cool well let's do that that's cool mm-hmm. how about if it makes sense Zack I do got to say the one thing that I don't know if you call it fan service. I mean, this is definitely Zack Snyder being Zack Snyder, but I did absolutely like it. The only thing that I enjoyed at all in that stupid nightmare sequence at the end was uh, Batman saying to Jared Leto's Jared Leto's Joker, I will fucking kill you. I like that. I'm like, all right, all right. If you're going to make Batman curse, that's the place to do it. And I, and, you know, I admit, I actually didn't... The actual scene between Jared Leto and Ben Affleck, I liked. Just not in context of the film. Yeah. <laughs> again, again Ben Affleck is the greatest Batman in, in a horrible... Ba- I mean, it didn't, it, did, it didn't fit the film at all. You can tell it was shot after the fact. You can tell this is just... That, that whole scene is Zack Snyder going, ha-ha, this is for you guys, this is for you fans who got my movie back out. And I mean, that whole sequence is horrible, but that one scene, I'm like, all right, this is kind of cool. Well, the one line that Jared Leto, we live in a society, uh, Zack Snyder said he, he improv that. He says, I didn't, I wasn't expecting him to say that. He plagiarized a meme. Yeah. He plagiarized, that's exactly it. So. Okay. So that, so that was Leto. Okay. That makes me feel a little better about that. But, and I will say I did kind of like the completionist in me did kind of like the fact that the future armor that Flash was wearing in that scene looked very much like the same armor that he was wearing. And when he came back and talked to Bruce Wayne and Batman v Superman, mm-hmm. when he said Lois was the key and everything, that was the same armor. So I'm like, all right, at least you're being consistent in your, I'll give you points for that. I was reading an article talking to the costume people and they said they pulled the original costumes out of storage, but you know, they were two, three years old and they were falling apart. And everyone who was, who was in that nightmare sequence at the end was shot individually on a separate stage because of COVID. Of and they were holding the costumes together Literally, they said, with safety pins and duct tape to get through it. So, mm-hmm. I, so I give them points for using the same flash armor, but they use the same everyone's flash. same costume. Oh. Yeah, so. <laughs> Talking about things that don't make sense, right? It just they're there for your st- for your not even story, but your purpose. But they don't seem to make sense logically. Like, for instance, there's a huge fire in Acropolis, right? So afterward, Wonder Woman goes there and she goes inside. And somehow the fire investigators never noticed this really large arrow. And she picks up this really large arrow. And then she discovers 
a secret chamber that somehow she never knew about, that the that the Amazons never told her about. And she goes in and there she gets revealed this entire story somehow. And I went, seriously? You know, anyway, that was well, my thing. Well, remember, she was younger than all the other Amazons. You only get that in Amazon 202 classes. She's Amazon right. 1. <laughs> well, she, that's what happens. You leave school. Yep. You know, yep. Stay, graduated. This is our tip. Stay in school, Amazons. Uh, uh, well, okay. Unlike Joss, unlike the Justice League and unlike the Justice League, we're popping this puppy in under an hour. That's right. We're slashing prices and time and passing the sales on to you. But before we get into fascinating, irritating thing, I just want to say happy birthday, Mrs. C. Yay. Happy birthday, Mary. Yay. Thank you. God, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> We're all old, honey. That's that's what I said after the, uh, the Snyder Cut was done. <laughs> Before we get to Fascinating Irritating, I want to ask three questions because I think these okay. are the... I think these are the three crucial questions. Not that anything about this is crucial. We are spending a great deal of time watching and commenting on something that isn't that important, which is great because it means the world's going back to normal. <laughs> Number oh, one. No. So it's done. It was delivered. First question, was it worth the wait? My answer is yes for me, because I wasn't on tenterhooks awaiting this Promethean gift of the gods. I accepted Justice League as when it came out as, you know, just another a series of underwhelming DC movies. And, and it, I certainly didn't crave more or think I was missing out because I wasn't, you know, favored with the full flower of Snyder's artistic vision. But then again, it's, it was easy for me to be entertained by it and enjoy it because I expended absolutely no effort. I did not feel in any way vindicated that I was able to watch this. I just was mildly interested and a little annoyed that I felt I had to watch it. There was a certain feeling like if you, if there's just, Twitter's going to be unbearable if you don't watch this damn thing because people are going to go on about this for a week. But what, what do you, what do you guys think? Was it worth the wait? I don't, uh, kind of like what you said, you yeah. know, it was like, uh, it was we not worth it in it. that the, yeah, it was it was worth it because who cares? Time was going to pass, and I'm still lar largely stuck at home anyway. So what the hell? But not worth it because I don't I don't care what his vision was supposed to be. Uh, yes. Not worth the all the extra time and stuff he put. You know, people say, "Oh, it was so much better. There was so much more fleshed out. There was so much more backstory." I'm like, yeah, but. If he had to cut it down to what an actual theatrical release would have been, I think it's, it would have been a convoluted mess. Like BBS. It, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes. it, it, it's, it, would have, it would have been a mess. So I yay that he had four hours to at least put a, a story together. And still, like Scott mentioned, it's, he's not a good storyteller. So even that story wasn't that well told. But we got a story. And What's... so that's good. What's kind of scary is that that might be the future for Zack Snyder movies, all streaming, all four and a half hours. Yeah, <laughs> but, but still, you know, I was it was for me it was a good reason to have margaritas and and chicken wings. So you know, yeah, fine. You so know, you're, you're, something to do. You're ahead of the rest of us. Okay, so question number two: Is it better? Now, this is kind of a loaded question because, as we said, you can't compare, you know, a four-hour assembly cut 
to a whatever it was, two hour and five minute release cut. So it's it's apples and oranges. But does it mark a significant improvement over Justice League insofar as the things that people care about? The way the characters are treated, the opportunities they're given to shine, the story and any emotional depth it may have. My feeling is, yeah, like I said, it, it the 2017 Justice League felt like Avengers cosplay. It was an odd mixture of tones. Although I like, there were things I, I liked in it quite a lot. And same with this. This case, I think it's there were more emotional moments in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were undercut by the fact that Snyder thought there were many, many more emotional moments that I should be suffering through. And some of them, a lot of them left me cold. But there were some things that happened that I thought, oh, okay, that this opens it up. This gives them a little more room to breathe as personalities. But for me, it's not a a marked improvement because everything that was good came with a lot of stuff that was equally bad. That's the problem with throwing everything into your four-hour cut. Mary, what'd you think? I agree that there were more emotional moments and I liked that. I mean, and what you say about Joss Disleague <laughs> is true. I mean, it's it's Joss Whedon taking his heroes and making them the heroes that he wants them to be down to the point where Superman, when he, he first comes and starts fighting Steppenwolf, he says, I believe in truth and justice. Oh, I forgot that's about his that. first line. And that's so Superman. It's still Boy Scout. But And then in this one, I guess his first line was something about when the axe hits him, mm-hmm. it's just ting. He's the actual man of steel. But <laughs> he, has a, he has a line that's kind of not that good. So it's like, eh. Joss Whedon understood that Superman is a Boy Scout. And Zack Snyder doesn't get that quite yet. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, Blanche, do you think it's better? um i i liked mary's answer and your laughter was eloquent okay (laughs) yeah no i i don't know that it's better i didn't like wonder woman better in this in fact oddly enough i thought she was i i did not enjoy her in this and the music choices really you know music has a it plays a big part in films and Mm -hmm. and the choices were so bad and it just made me wonder some of them were so on the nose on the lyrics, it was just aggravating. And other parts, you just made you wonder. So all the money, this was just what you could get on the cheap, right? You couldn't license better music. So you're like, well, what do we got that's for free or, or bottom dollar? <laughs> so it, ruined, it lessened, I guess, some of the impact it was that it was supposed to have. Okay. So I would say it's not better, just not better. different. All right. John? Yeah, you might notice that, you know, from what people are saying, that it's a tough call. Because <laughs> there were things that were nicer in this film and things that were missing that were nicer in the other film uh, or better in the other film. And one of them specifically was uh, how Blanche just said that she, she wasn't crazy about uh, Gal Gadot's performance of uh, Wonder Woman in, in this one. And the things that were missing from this one that were in the other one are those little human moments like when she says, children. I'm dealing with children because yeah. they're arguing all the time, right? And that just makes her real. And and I just, I enjoyed her that much more in the in the other version. But can somebody tell me if parademons are the ones that jump out of airplanes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're they're demons from Paraguay. Ah, there you go. Um, and there's I would I, I would I would not necessarily say that it's a better film. Uh, and I think that if it has any kudos, it's because. There's so much in it that you can now, as, as Scott said, you can see where things are tied up that weren't tied up before. Uh, so, and that's so it's not even a fair comparison. So, but still, uh, I still like Joss Whedon better. 
Okay. Jeff? I didn't like either one of them, honestly, but mm-hmm. between the two, I will say I I kind of like Whedon's better. Oh, wow. I, I'm surprised. I did. Oh. I did. I, I'm, I kind of agree with uh, with John on this one. Uh, John and Blanche, I liked, I liked Gal Gadot. I mean, Wonder Woman as a character a lot better than Whedon's version. Mm, okay. I mean, I, I think he did, he, did, he did Cyborg justice, but I don't think he did Wonder Woman justice in this one. Okay. But like I said, honestly, I didn't like either one. <laughs> so I'm, I, I'm asking you to, to choose between a nice, firm stool or a soup bowl full of runny diarrhea yes exactly <laughs> and i and and and, and, I, and i will say and i will say I, I, unfortunately in this case whedon has the good bowels oh. but, but i will also say i will also say to try and like get us away from that horrible analogy thank, thank you thank you <laughs> i'm glad i saw this I am glad I watched it, unsurprisingly, only because the art, the, 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 the artist storyteller in me is like, okay, let's talk about the power of editing. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. just, and just the fact that, you know, the artist in me is glad that he did get to finish it. And I do kind of feel, I almost feel bad for him because, I mean, let's be honest, they could have cut this film down and it could have been released theatrically. They could have done it. The only reason they brought Whedon in and to, to redo everything was because they were course correcting after their after Batman v Superman. I do think Snyder did get screwed a little bit. Whether you like him or not, I think Warner Brothers did kind of screw him. So in this respect, it's nice to see what he wanted to make did get made. Whether you like it or not, it's a different story, but at least it got made. He indisputably got screwed by Warner Brothers. And the decisions that they made had very little to do with his personal situation. No, I don't think they cared about it. A lot more to do with, as you say, frantic course correction after getting I some they, bad they fan. U- they use the tragedy as an excuse. Right, which is exactly the sort of thing they would do. Just, and you had a third question. Yes. Now, this is a little more philosophical. Uh, oh, but, it, well, it ties into the latest agitation that you brought up, uh, restore the Snyderverse. Meaning, my impression is that means people want... The films that Zack Snyder had mapped out and talked about in interviews to go forward, to be made, for this continuity to continue, even though Ben Affleck said he would never, he wouldn't be a part of it going forward. They think the fact that he came back to, to, to shoot this tail end sequence means he might. And certainly if you throw enough money, most people, they will. But my question is, would this have happened, assembling this footage, giving Zack Snyder millions of additional dollars to complete his version of a film they'd already released two years ago? Would this have happened at all without the pandemic? And I ask that because people think this is a template going forward, that the fans are in the in the saddle, they got the whip hand, and they are driving where content producers are going. I don't think that's the case. I think if they, they never would have released this film or any version of this film to theaters, I don't think they would have done this. I think they only did it because they were bereft of their usual cash flow from films. Theaters were closed down all over the world. And they had a bunch of people sitting at home with money in their pocket that could be paying them for HBO Max. They needed something that would have a lot of buzz that would get people to sign up. And this actually, from a marketing perspective, however cold-blooded it is, it's very smart. You, you had mentioned that, was it, you know, because due to the pandemic, but I think more than the pandemic, although that primed people to want to purchase another streaming or, you know, uh, was because they were launching this streaming platform and they needed something big, something splashy, something wow for people to look forward to. 
I mean, they had already released the Wonder Woman at Christmas, right? And but there was something, you know, for a year, right? We had been given a year's worth of warning that this was coming. And I, I was just curious as to, I mean, it's going into my my fascinating because I was just thoroughly surprised and and fascinating that this happened at all, and that the the money that they put into it so that he could complete it. But I guess it was worth the return of getting those subscribers. Jeff, do you think this would have happened without the pandemic? Nope. <laughs> well, I think you're right about, I think you're right. I think it's more the streaming service than the pandemic. I mean, it, it, it's, it, it, I think this is definitely then they, you know, Dis- Disney Plus has, you know, has all the Marvel and Star Wars stuff. We've got to get something on HBO Max. Yeah, no, they were up against it. They were they were not selling nearly as many subscriptions as they expected to. So I, I think they, they, they took advantage of a force majeure situation. And, uh, oh, by the way, I, I wondered if that was a little joke for the lawyers that helped Zack Snyder or something. Because if you remember when Lois opens up her night table to get her press pass when she decides to go back to work, there's Mary notices first. Oh, yeah. There's a pregnancy test. Oh, yeah inside and it's the brand is force majeure which is the insurance industry term for an act of god that obviates the insurer's obligations to pay out jeff didn't you didn't you say you rewatched all these films yeah i I went down the snyder rabbit hole after watching this that's a scary thought was was there Uh, anything above and beyond yeah no kidding I had told Scott, I was like, there. this was the first Zack Snyder superhero film that I actually, like, genuinely liked some stuff in. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's me. Maybe I need to go revisit his other films, and maybe my opinion has changed. And it didn't. But I had to, <laughs> but I, but I had to check. I respect your journey. I don't. I'm an idiot. But still. Thank you for your service. Yes. I will take that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Out of the three, honestly, I think I liked... Um, Justice League the best. That's not saying much, but out of the three, that's the one that I enjoyed the most. Okay. I still hate Batman. I still hate Batman v Superman with a passion, with a livid breathing. Flames on the side of my face. Breathing. See, that's how much I fucking hate that movie. Oh, God bless Madeline Kane. Come on, Madeline Kane. Madeline Kane. What the hell are you talking about? Well, they're, they're going through Batgirl so fast. They kicked out Kate Kane, and now they're, they're, they got Madeline Kane and <laughs> Candy Kane He's on, in the on-deck circle. Okay. They found her at the stripper at the bat pole. <laughs> the bat pole stripper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. You know how they, they had the old Jimmy Olsen as a cop? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the movie, and you're like, okay, because they always do the cameos, which is nice. And his name was Jerry, which I'm assuming it was for the creator of mm-hmm. Superman. And that's nice to have a nod, Jerry. But I kind of would have preferred if it was Jack, so that you can have both old Jimmy Olsons. Mm, then... Right, Jack Larson yeah. from the from the yeah. Superman TV series in the 50s. From the TV. Yeah, I think that would have been nice. This, Random by the way, thought. this thought is, is coming from the youngest person on this panel. Uh, I watched the old Superman every day when I was a kid. That's why you turned out the way you did. Yep. That's why you have the the good morals you do. You were raised by, you were raised by (laughs) Ma and Pa Kent, just like Clark was. Aw, and it it has been a long time coming, but I am playing time dick, and it is now officially time for a new movie crew, Fascinating Irritating, and we are going to start with the birthday girl. Yay! (laughs) I don't know, maybe it was just me, but I thought 
Superman's upper lip. It didn't have that weird, like, he looks weird. Why does he look weird? Well, he didn't have the mustache. <laughs> you know, when they got the guy to digitally remove uh, Henry Cavill's mustache, I wondered kind of what that interview was like. Well, sit down, Bob. Hey, I, I, I hear great things about you in the VXF community. Listen, I just wanted you to tell me why you're the right person for this job. Well, I have always dreamed of digitally drawing a superhero's philtrum. You know, that little dent <laughs> in the upper lip. A lot of people don't do it justice, but I have spent, I can show, I've got reams in my portfolio of filtrum art. Some of it kind of sexy. Uh, that was my fascinating. That I thought Superman looked a little better. Irritating. Oh, gosh, there's so much. Um, <laughs> well, just pick, pick, just pick one, don't you? I'm trying to. Because we could uh, be here for four hours. I kind of like the end of Joss's where they had the Flash and Superman racing each other. Okay. So I kind of missed that. That was a great Silver Age nod. Yeah. Instead of the ending where they're all just standing there staring at nothing for like 30 seconds. But that was the hero shot. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm sorry. That was the 4,000th hero shot. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ben. All right. We're going to stay in the same time zone. Scott, do yours. Okay. Mine is sort of a combination. My irritating is I actually kind of liked it. I mean, granted, we didn't see it in one four-hour chunk. We saw it, I think, over three nights. Is that right, Mary? Yeah. So I was not exhausted and grumbling by by the time we got to the end. I was actually sort of pumped. I enjoyed the third act. I thought it worked a little bit better. And then they violated the most sacred rule of filmmaking. Monsters dead, movies over. They solved their dark side problem. They solved their Steppenwolf problem. And then suddenly they got this whole other problem in this other movie that Zack Snyder kind of wanted to make for some reason. And it's like it brought everything to a just to an absolute screeching standstill. And I'm like, why am I watching this? I was I I was satisfied. I had a fun time. I was feeling warm toward this movie. And now this thing is just making me stare at shit that matters not a whit at all. Because none of this is ever going to go anywhere. And, and the fascinating and irritating thing about this, Snyder is so enamored of this nightmare world that he was going to he was going to spend an entire movie in it. Yep. We were going to have an entire movie of that. And frankly, that sounds like a chore to watch. But again, the simultaneously fascinating and irritating thing about it is not simply that it resulted in a tedious, inflamed appendix of an epilogue dangling from the tip of the narrative, but Snyder's insistence in both Batman v Superman and this film that, as you pointed out earlier, Flash comes back in time. Lois is the key. Well, that's that's too bad because, I'm sorry, but Amy Adams' Lois, although I love Amy Adams, is my least favorite version of the character ever. I, I like the spunky, fearless hard-charging, sarcastic news hawk from the Fleischer cartoons and the Superman radio shows, who is, mm-hmm. by the way, played by the same actress. Amy's Lois is just lugubrious and floats through various shots looking confused and or depressed, which I assume means she's supposed to represent the audience. <laughs> but, if, My- <clears throat> but if Superman enslaves the world and collaborates with genocidal aliens... Just because Batman didn't stop Darkseid from roasting Lois like a dry-rubbed rack of ribs, I'm going to say, dude, you need to get out and date more. I don't want the planet to die because you've got no game, Kal-El. My big comment when um, Superman came back and, you know, Amy Adams shows up right before they go off is I I said uh, I got Walter and Pete laughing because I said, finally, I have something to do. Because she didn't. She Amy she didn't. Adams had nothing to do in like the first three and a half hours of that movie. No, she didn't. Yep. She just stood well, there. Well, she and brought stared. coffee. 
She brought coffee. And she stared forlornly. But you're right. She brought coffee. Okay, that's good. Okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna jump back a few more time zones. Uh, Ladies first. Blanche, fascinating, irritating. Well, like I said, my fascinating was that it happened at all. uh, (laughs) That they threw more money at this and said, "Go ahead, finish." I guess thanks to Scott, I have a decent reason for it. You know, wanting to give HBO Max an infusion of some sort. Right. But I was thinking, is this good money after bad? And adding fuel to the Snyder fans thinking now, like you said, they, they want to restore the Snyder verse. And thankfully, w, WB's executive came out and she was like, no, no, we're done. That's it. <laughs> it's, yeah. There's no more Snyder WB. Or, so that's good. Irritating. What I was irritated was that it still wasn't better. After all this time, mm. after all that money, after all that he could have learned from the criticisms and the praises, right? You can take the good and the bad. Oh, people liked this. People didn't like that. It was a lot of the same mistakes. It's the same guy, so I shouldn't be surprised. Mm. But that, yeah, that it wasn't better. John? I'm actually going to start with a irritating. I mean, glossing over the moan heard around the world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But the fact that there's so little thinking of the practicality of what you are showing us. And I already mentioned the, you know, the fact that uh, if Flash can move so fast that he destroys his shoes, would not destroy the person that he was moving at the same speed. Uh, same thing with, with Superman taking off with Lois and breaking the sound barrier. Yeah. Lois is now dead. <laughs> <laughs> Well, wait, that's the stupid thing. It's like you want to you want to show the science of it. You're like, yeah, we're so legit that like he would do that. And you're like, well, then now you've just ruined the other part of your thing because we're, you're telling us to believe that 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 a human can withstand these forces. I don't know. That just it ruins it. If you're going to show Superman scooping up Lois, rocketing up into the sky, and immediately breaking the sound barrier, you better show them landing in a Kansas cornfield with blood pouring out of her ears, going, "What? Huh?" Oh, again? No. Her name now is Lois Stain. <laughs> exactly. And my, my fascinating is the inadvertent sexual imagery. This is that place where Aquaman is standing at the edge of the sea and two huge waves come and envelop him, mm-hmm. right? And Blind said to me, yes, the two cheeks came together and he entered them. And, <laughs> and, then, and then right after that, he spun away like a sperm. He went zipping around like a sperm. So I said, that's perfect. There you go. Perfect imagery. I didn't see it quite that way. And now that scene has been ruined for me even more. Thank you, John. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, my fascinating, I'm actually going to tie in with Blanche. I agree. I'm fascinated. The whole thing got even got made, both on an artistic level, on a fan privilege level, everything about the, the, the existence of this, I find fascinating. And my irritating is very easy. I fucking hate slow-mo. <laughs> I have never liked slow-mo and Snyder just, uh, even more so than the music. Every time it cuts to an entire, like a a shot or an entire sequence of slow-mo, my short hair is just, we're set on fire. You must have hated the bionic man. Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To, uh, well, to that, I just say, well, (laughs) Okay, we're done. I <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, uh, thank you for joining us. John, Blanche, welcome back. You have been missed. 
Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Hope to have you back for another one soon. Are you guys going to watch Godzilla vs. Kong? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought there already was a movie. Then I realized it wasn't. It was the Calling All Monsters movie. Right. It was Ghidra and, and King Kong. So, yeah. Kong also fought Mecha Godzilla, or Godzilla fought Mecha Kong. Right. I got to mention that it brings back an image from the uh, original King Kong versus Godzilla where they had the two guys in suits, mm-hmm. right? The Japanese oh, yeah. guys in suits. There is a scene where Godzilla is firing their its electrical breath or whatever, and it hits King Kong in the stomach, and he grabs his stomach, and then it hits him in the chest, and he grabs his chest, and he keeps on going up and down and up and down and up and down <laughs> as he was shooting him up and down. And I said, I love it. It's great. You don't get this anywhere for J- but Japan. but anyway scott mrs c as always a pleasure two real fast things before we go one trailer for the suicide squad not too shabby and uh, i did too and uh two falcon and winter soldier episode two i'm still liking it and until later later it's funny you talk about people who died in my arms because when I held Harley Quinn, and she was bleeding and dying, she begged me with her last breath that when I killed you, and make no mistake, I will fucking kill you, that I do it slow. I'm gonna honor that promise.